Okay, so what does it mean to celebrate and to choose life? Because we're all alive, we've all got our hearts beating, but what does it mean to choose to be alive? So I've been having a think about what it means, and there's a story in the Bible about where Jesus is out in his travels, lots of people are following him. And there's two groups that are mentioned that are following him. There are what they call the sinners and the taxpayers. You think the people who are looked down and the people who are say, oh, they, they can't do anything wrong. They're the poor. They're, they're not in the right place. But they're wanting to hear what Jesus has got to say. There's another group called the Pharisees and the lawmakers. And these guys think they're the top dog. They think they're big time Charlies. They think that they're important and that they need to be near Jesus because everyone else is. But, so the, 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 uh, the Pharisees, they see Jesus hanging out with the sinners, with the tax collectors. And he's think, they're thinking, why on earth is he bothering with them? He's going around the houses for tea, which seemed like a massive insult to them. It's quite funny how 2,000 years later, going to someone's house for tea still carries so much significance, doesn't it? Having food with someone, it's really, really important. So, like, why is he bothering with them? He should be hanging out with us, really. We're the important people. And Jesus starts to hear a little bit of these murmurings, of these mutterings. He's like, right, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to tell a few stories this might get them to see what I'm all about. So first he tells a story about a lost coin and a lost sheep, and he's saying, God never gives up on anyone. Whoever you are, wherever you're at, God is not giving up on you. The Pharisees, they'd given up on these people. They were like, yeah, they're not important. We're the ones who are important. We're the ones who've got the status. We're the ones who've got the money. We are the people who are important in life. But he's like, nah. That's not how it works. Then he tells a story about a dad who has two kids. And the youngest kids, put your hand for your youngest child here. I'm not. I'm, I'm, an, I'm the oldest. Okay, so we've got some youngest kids here. And the youngest kids, this might be true of you, it might not be this youngest kid, thinks that he knows it all. He thinks he knows what is best. And he goes, Dad, give me my share of my inheritance. Which is basically the same as we have him saying, Dad, I wish you were dead. Give me what you're going to give me when you died. I want it now. I'm not waiting till then. Just give me it. And I think most dads would say, on your bike, ain't happening. Forget about it. This dad, who plays a bit of a God character in the story, says, okay, if that's what you want, you can have it. So he gives him his share of his inheritance. And this youngest child as I said, they think they know best. They think they know how the best way to live is. They go off and they squander it all. They stay up late in casinos. They buy fancy clothes. They buy the most expensive cars without insurance and they crash it. Gone. They hang out and sit at the end of a bar on their own thinking that they've got all of their best mates there. But in reality, people are only hanging out with them because they've got the money. Nobody wants to be this guy's friend. So sure enough, one day, when he spent all of his money on his last chicken parma, he is pocketless. He has absolutely nothing left. He has hit rock bottom. He has been rejected by everyone. He ends up getting a job on a pig farm. And a pig farm, that was the law of the laws. We are quite like pigs. I mean, they're quite cute. And they taste quite good as well. We celebrated pigs this morning with our bacon sarnies. But this was the law of the law. So he ends up at the pig farm, and he's got that little money. He's looking at the food that the pigs are getting, and he's thinking, oh, I wish I could have a bit of what they're having right now. But he's not even allowed that. Nobody wants anything to do with this guy. But then 
there's an amazing moment. In the story it says, he comes to his senses. He comes to his senses. Let's think about our senses. What we can hear, what we can see, what we can smell, what we can taste. Everything in us. You could say it's the God in us. He comes to his senses and he's like, this ain't right. I'm not alive right now. I'm not living my life the way that I'm supposed to be. I need to turn and change. So he's thinking, right, what can I do? He's trying to think of a plan about how he can change his life. He's like, right, I've got it. I'll go back home. I'll go and see my dad. And I know that he gives jobs to lots and lots of servants. I know those servants have foods. And if I'm there the right place, I might be at least see my dad sometimes, you know. It'll be, I'll be working for him. I might not be his son anymore. I might not be his kid. But at least I'll be in the right place. He's pressing his lines. He's going, right, I'm going to go back and I'm going to say, Father, I've sinned against God. I've done wrong against God. I've done wrong against you. Please forgive me. Can I have a job? Can you give me some food? Can you just give me enough to get by? So he's practicing his line over and over again. He's building up the courage. He's expecting to be rejected by his father. So then one day he sets off. And as he's, it says in the story, he's a long, long way from home. I'm imagining this big country house with a big country lane. And his father sees him from way in the distance. And it says that the father runs down. And without hesitation, he throws his arms around his kid hugs him, kisses them, and doesn't say a word but hugs and kisses. And the son's like, right, I've got to quickly get my line, get my line and get my line. He's going, father, I've done wrong against you. I've done wrong against God. Give me a job. But the father's just not listening to that. He's like, my child has returned. We're going to have a party. He was lost, but now he's found. He was dead. Now he's alive. That moment when the kid realised that he was heading in the wrong direction, that they needs to change and live the life that was meant for them, that needs to return home. He, at that moment, became alive again. And you'd have thought that would be a fantastic end to the story. The kid was lost, now he's found. He's back with his father, his father's throwing a party. They've killed the fat cow, they're having steaks, there's music, there's dancing, they've called the DJ. It's fantastic. But there's another bit, which I think is the best bit of the lot. So the, old, the older kids, remember who's an older child? I'm an older child. Anybody else an older child? Yeah, we've got a few. Ben, Gail, Joe, fantastic. There's a few older kids here. And the older kid, he's out in the field, he's working his socks off for his father. He's stuck by his side. He's not asked for his share. He's towing the party line the whole time. And he's walking home one day, and he's the music, he's the dance. He's thinking, it's a Wednesday night. What's all this about? It's not even a weekend. Why is there a party on tonight? And one of the servants comes up. It, it's, it's your kid brother. They've come home. Your father's over the moon to say that the older brother is not happy. Is an understatement. He's like, he was wishing my dad was dead only a year ago. Now he's back, and they're having a party for him. He's like, this just isn't on. The father gets wind of this. He's like, oh, I'm going to have to go and sort him out. So he goes over and he says, hey, little kid, what's the matter? He's like, why are you having a party for our brother? He's the right one. He doesn't deserve this. He's got his work, work his way back up. And the father's just like, son, you don't get it. He was lost, but now he's found. He has returned to the way he was meant to be. He has returned to his home. 
we had to celebrate. We had to throw a party. It's not a, let's give him a few months probation and see if he tours the line. Then we'll have a party. In that moment, they decided to celebrate life and throw a party for this son. And then there's the best line in the story for me. The father says to his oldest son, can't you see, everything I have is yours. Everything I have is yours. You didn't have to be working hard all this time trying to impress me. Everything I have is yours. And I think there's so, so much we can learn from this story. Firstly, let's not be like the oldest kid. Let's not be hard-hearted, trying to work hard to try and please God. God is saying to us already that everything he has is ours. We don't have to work hard and relentlessly for it. Secondly, the moment that somebody returns, we celebrate. We don't go, oh, I don't think it's fair that they're getting all this straight away. I don't think it's fair that they're suddenly getting all this attention and we're having a party. If somebody chooses to return to how God wanted them to live, we celebrate. So, if this morning you feel like your heart is hardened to celebrating other people's lives, ask God to soften it. Ask God to let you be changed yourself, to change and return to the way that you know that God wants you to be. And secondly, come to your senses. Allow the God that is living in you to awaken you to how you should be living. The moment that that, that uh, kid was at rock bottom and he's like, ah, this is not how I am meant to be. This is not how I am meant to serve my father, to serve my God. I'm going to turn and go home. And you can know that as you are a long, long way from home, God will see you come in. He will run to you. He will throw his arms around you, hug you, kiss you, and welcome you back in. You don't need to have the fancy lines. It is there for you straight away. Okay. We're going to pray. Bands are going to come back up. Um, if you want to chat with anyone or pray for anything that might be on your heart this morning, look for anybody in a lanyard or come to the front and somebody will grab you. Okay. Lord, we thank you that you love us. We thank you that you created us perfect. We thank you that you made us without anything wrong with us at all. Lord, I pray that we will know that. I pray that we will know that above all else, that we are your child. That we don't have to be a slave to grafting hard to try and impress you. Grafting hard to try and impress anybody else. But all we need to do is to know that you love us and return home. Lord, I pray that we will know this this morning and we will live it. Amen.